Let's welcome back to the Yaakov M. Show our very good friend, renowned Haredi journalist Yanki Farber, who is in Eretz Yisrael. Yanki, it is a privilege to have you here. It's, I wish it could be happier times, but it's good to see you. Yes, good morning for us. Good night for you. Um, yeah, it's very, very difficult times. Um, yeah, as you said, I wish we would speak um, on different occasions, you know, on different uh, stories, maybe about politics, about the Israeli government, but... Uh, a lot of things uh, changed since uh, Simcha Stoyer. Absolutely, yes. And I'd like to hear, I think a lot of people want to understand, again, like you said, very late night for me, early morning for you. I'm in America, and a lot of us in America, we certainly feel more than a solidarity. I don't like the word solidarity. It doesn't really capture. There's an achdus. We feel like a different part of our goof, a different part of our body is suffering right now because we're all together. We're all uh, connected as a family. But tell us what the mood is like in your uh, surroundings in Eretz Yisrael, are people still shocked and traumatized? It's really just been a few days, I think, back to, you know, the feeling after 9-11, and it took so many weeks and so many months, um, and I don't know if we ever fully recovered. So what can you tell us about all of that? Well, the, you know, the people here, uh, Israel, the people in Israel were very, very uh, divided before Simcha Torah, you know, in the last Ten months, or maybe people were demonstrating against the government. People didn't speak to each other. People were actually fighting, sometimes physically, um, because of different um, opinion, different opinions. And on 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 Yom Kippur in Tel Aviv, we remember that um, they, they didn't let people daven because those are mechitze, and wasn't yeah. really mechitza, it was just an Israeli flag, whatever, between the men and the women. And then they didn't let people make Simcha um, Torah um, davening on the streets in Tel Aviv. Well, you know, I, I felt very bad, you know, because I, uh, you know, to, to look how in a Jewish state, a Jewish city, um, they don't let people daven, but um, I, I knew it just because they have a politics issue, but was very hard, you know, in the last 10 months. And I, I wrote many times and many people said that the problem the, the Jewish people have is that they only, they only stick together when somebody wants to kill them. Somebody wants to kill us, we, we, you know, we get together and we fight. And um, we didn't really know what we're saying, but it really happened. And in Simcha Torah, Hamas, um, we will talk about it after the war, um, exactly what happened, how did they manage to get to Israel and everything, but they they actually uh, entered Israel, and you know what? If I, I really, it's, it's, it's a miracle, but seriously, um, they just entered Israel, and they could actually go all over Israel, everywhere, Bnei Brak, Yerushalayim, Bet Shemesh, Elat, Petach Tikva, Netanyah, Haifa, nobody stopped them. Nobody was there to stop them. So two and a half thousand of them, you know, just walked in uh, to Israel. I'm not talking about the civilians from Gaza. They all, all of them are a bunch of terrorists, but officially Hamas people, two and a half thousand of them, they could easily get to Bnei Brak. Nobody would stop them. They didn't know that it's going to be so easy. They thought somebody's going to fight. There was no one there because they killed every soldier at the area, and then they just walked into people's houses and killed them alive, or some of them, or captured them. So, and, and, and you know, people woke up on Simcha's morning, afternoon, 
And um, they realized that if, if we're going to fight between us, between ourselves, Israel is going to be destroyed. So we all got together and said, let's stop fighting. Let's start fighting our real enemy. And um, after the war, we'll see how we uh, sort out the Israeli issue. So, and, yeah, and as you say, number one, uh, you know, the unthinkable happened and uh, there are no good answers. Like you said, you know, after, I guess, this uh, stage of things is said and done, there'll be committees and there'll be investigations. But it's 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 beyond belief. Everything, of course, is beyond Hashem. But from a Derek Hateva standpoint, nobody's given any kind of explanation. Like you said, hours and hours. They didn't know themselves. If the Hamas leaders had known Baruch Hashem, they didn't know in the sense that if they had known, then they would have tried uh, to do things that were even worse, you know, Khalil Rahman al-Atzlan. Um, and as you say, it, it's sad that it, it takes this level, a magnitude of tragedy to bring about such octaves, but um, it's, it is incredible, the octaves that we're seeing, the Kiddush Hashem, it's just we've almost never seen anything like it. And yet, continue. Yeah, well, you know, on, on, on Motif Simchas when when you, you actually celebrated Simchas in America, um, and people, people, you know something? As I said, people still don't know what exactly happened because every day more and more bodies have been discovered. Now, the officially numbers are 1,400, but we all know it's over 2,000 because many, many bodies um, have not been discovered yet. Nobody knows who they are. And um, so it's going to take time till we're going to know exactly. Now, you know, some of the bodies, we don't even know if they are terrorist bodies or Jewish bodies because they need to be identified and there is hundreds of them. Now, in the city of Ramle, not Ramallah, okay, in the city of Ramle, there is um, a special place where all bodies are being checked. All bodies are being uh, brought from the south to Ramle. There is a place called Shwa. There is a place called uh, it's it's a special place where orders are coming, and the uh, Israeli the Israeli the chief rabbi of the Israeli army is um, basically there twenty four hours with hundreds of Haredi Orthodox. Um, most of the soldiers are Orthodox. Maybe some of them are Haredi, some whatever, and they go through body after body. Now, DNA from the families to try to make sure that they write bodies. And slowly, slowly, every day they discover. And we think there is over 2,000 bodies, but we don't mention it, we don't say it because we wait for the officially announced of uh, the government, but it's crazy. Now, wow. I was not aware of that. What Hamas did, was... yeah. yeah, because, because the, Israeli, the Israeli authorities or not announcing more than that till they confirm every single body. Right. You know, Hamas did, um, I'm not going to describe exactly because I don't want people to have nightmares, but Hamas did things worse than the Nazim. We know what exactly what the Nazim did. Hamas did worse than the Nazim. Um, you know, maybe worse even than ISIS. They did and not just they did it, they recorded it live on their body cameras. And all these Hamas guys died. So um, we found their cameras and we realized exactly what they did. 
Um, also, they took the phone of victims and they forced them to open it live. And they did live with the people's phone to show their friends how they suffer and then eventually they killed them. One of the things they did, they took a 15-year-old boy, they told them, took him to every house, to all the neighbors, and they told them, knock on the door and tell them it's you, so they're going to open the door. If you do it, they're going to kill you. So, he, so they were hiding uh, in the house. He knocked on the door. He said, hi, my name is this and this. And then we... He said, sorry, please open the door for me. They opened the door, and Hamas killed every single one of them. At the end, they also killed uh, that boy. Um, crazy. I, this is something that we have never, ever, ever seen uh, uh, before. And it was much worse um, um, views, much worse videos that I saw. And I prefer not to describe it. But basically, they piled up kids, one on top of each other, tied them, burned them alive. And that's just the easy part of what they did. Horrific. It's unthinkable. And it really, really is just there are no words. There literally are no words. But it is important. It is important for us to share it, at least with people who are interested, you know, and, and for the non-Jewish world, the secular world, because right now, public opinion is very much supportive of Israel. But we know how quickly that can change. And I do want to ask you, um, number one, uh, you know, what is what is what is the Israeli sentiment about President Biden and about American support right now. President Biden has been very supportive of Israel for the last 10 days. Obviously, he was in Eretz on Wednesday. He gave a speech. He gave a speech in Tel Aviv. I was curious what you thought of that and what you think in general, the Haredi world, and in general, what, what the Israeli community feels about support from America and the media, even some members of the media that have been very anti-Israel. We know about the story with the hospital and the bombing of the hospital, and a lot of the media bought into the propaganda, and, and Hamas plays these games. Hamas does all these things. They kill their own people. They kill innocent women and children, blame it on Israel, and the media falls for it. So do you think that right now public opinion and President Biden are supportive? Do you think that's something that will last? Well, what do you, you know, think? Well, so, so basically... Um, yeah, well, people are surprised about Biden because, you know, uh, the Israeli media um, and also the American, um, you know, conservative media always gave a feeling that uh, Biden is against Israel and the Democratic Party is against Israel. And all of a sudden they just saw Biden did what Biden said and Blinken and, and the, whole, um, yeah. uh, the whole American government. People are surprised, but... Um, Everybody knew Biden likes Israel, but people are very people are concerned about what's Biden going to do because um, Netanyahu he didn't get he didn't he didn't get on with them very well. But um, you know, people go around in Israel and say, um, "I wish Biden would be uh, the Israeli prime minister." I, um, people say he's the real Israeli prime minister, and when Blinken came wow. here. Um, Everybody talks good about Biden. People bless him. People go around in Israel and people make songs over social media and dance uh, for Biden. I've seen many videos of people um, thanking America and dancing on TikTok. You can see so many uh, people uh, thanking America. Um, you know, I, first of all, um, we all know Biden likes Israel and everything, but... This is something we've never seen before. He came to Israel so quickly. You know, it took him more than maybe a year to uh, get to Ukraine. 
Um, it took so many people more than a year to start understanding that Putin and Russia are dangerous to the world um, and, and support Ukraine. Israel took them two days. You know, the British prime minister is coming today. Um, the German chancellor was here yesterday. And actually, um, New York governor is right. in Israel. I think she's still in Israel. And um, I don't know, many of them were going to come. And the Czech where Prime Minister, I think, was here. Many, many leaders came. But um, America is something really crazy. And people go around and blessing America and Biden and everything. I'm not even talking about the, the American soldiers who came not far from the Israeli, um, uh, from Israel. One of those uh, big ships around and many, many missiles and many planes that America is surrounding Israel with. Um, now, if, if we're talking about the Haredi community, well, I want to say that in 2006, in the Lebanon Second, in the Lebanon War, Lebanon Second War, you know, in 2006, yeah. the Haredi community were not connected to the war so much because it was something like, you know, the Haredi community all over Israel didn't feel anything to, that the war has to do with them. It was like something far, you know, in the north with Hezbollah. Nothing to do with Israel. Not, nothing to do with the Haredi community. And then if we remember in 2014, three um, Orthodox boys were kidnapped right. in the West Bank. And they were killed, murdered. And then Israel uh, discovered all the tunnels in, with Hamas and um, had, a, had a very, very uh, had a war with Gaza, and also even then the Haredi community didn't feel connected to, Israel, to, to the war because, again, it was something that hasn't, that hasn't got to do with the Haredi community, and the West Bank is a place where there's no Haredi, so they didn't even feel connected. Right. And then the corona came. In 2019-2020, corona came, and the, and the Haredi community realized that there is a problem here and they need to be more connected to the media. So many, many, many Haredim actually <coughs> sorry, got um, internet at the first time in their life. Um, well, clean internet, you know, special internet that the rabbis allow, whatever, but it was the first time Haredi people uh, really um, got to the news. So, because, and then they realized they they can't, they cannot trust the local media, they cannot trust um, the, you know, their own newspapers, they need to get the media, they need to get the news from the real place. And then came Simchas Torah. On Simchas Torah, um, many Orthodox people were killed. Some of them um, were paramedics, some of them were first responders, some of them were Haredi soldiers. And this is the first time when the war actually came in to the Haredi community. And many Haredi saw Hamas um, terrorists going around in their neighborhood, killing people on the streets. So people realized the war came actually into them. Now, because the Haredi community, the majority, I mean, most of them, probably 90% or 95%, are not connected to the Israeli um, are not connected, are not really Israelis, and obviously they don't serve in the Israeli army, they felt that um, 
something is going on here and um, and they need to make a, a change. Now, the Israeli government did not vote until now that Yeshiva Bocharim could stay in Yeshiva and not join the army. And the way it looks like, nobody's going to vote for such a thing. I don't see, and everybody says it, every Knesset member that is not Haredi said, I'm sorry, we cannot vote um, uh, to make a law that Haredim should not go to the Israeli army because it's impossible. Um, more than 2,000 people probably died and we're going to have a big war with Gaza and Hezbollah. So we're not going to... Um, so you think this vote. is going to possibly eliminate that possibility, that proposal that was being pushed so strongly by yes. the right wing? And, and more than that, I don't know if you know, but in the, I think the coming Sunday or, or maybe Monday, thousands of Haredim are going to join the Israeli army. But, you know, proper Haredim, not like me, but um, but people, real, real, real Haredim, real Litvish people that really? were in now, yes, not young boys, all of them over age 26, Married, of course, with children. They're going to join um, officially the Israeli army. They're going to be uh, truck drivers. They're going to be um, paramedics. The Israeli army needs many, many now. Because so many Haredim are in Zaka, Ichud and the MADA, and all those uh, uh, first responders organizations, so they're all going to join the Israeli army, and especially truck drivers. And they're going to join, they're going to make a quick, um, um, you know, just get a gun and, you know, teach them how to shoot a day or two, not too long. And make a little training, just, you know, basically, and join them and, you know, and send them all over where, it, where they need to be. Wow. Is that public them. news? I mean, this is something that's... Yes, yes. But, of, but again, of course, Yaten Neeman, you know, Anamoidia, Anamavasar, they're not going to publish it. But um, on the Haredi internet, there is a lot of them. And the, wow. the plan is, the plan is, I don't know how many thousands, but at least two or three thousand. This is what they're talking about. Maybe they're only going to accept only thousand, but they said that thousands have been registered. But the Israeli army is only going to take um, whatever they need. They're not going to take everyone. Now, the plan is that after the war, they are going to be part of the reserve uh, um, force. So whenever they need, they're going to call them. This is something that never happened before. Unbelievable. Okay. Sure. And, and of course, on, the, on December, the, the, um, yeah, in about a month, maybe a little bit more, at the end of November, whatever, Netzach uh, Yehuda, the Haredi Battalion, are going or making a big um a lot of people are gonna go are gonna join the army because all these young boys are not in Yeshiva. They feel that they need to join the army because it's not just going to the Israeli army, it's actually protecting your house. And this is real protecting you know, people in America don't have a pro- problem. Nobody's going to knock into the house and try to kill them unless there is a Nazi uh, like America had, like you know, in Pittsburgh and in other places. But you're not afraid that somebody is going to come from your border. I mean, I know the Mexican border and everything, but all those people, yeah. they don't murder. They don't come like to America. It. To target Yiddin 25 miles away, there's no, there's no feeling like it. No, you're right. 
Exactly. You're not afraid somebody's going to knock on your door and just start butchering uh, uh, your family. Here, people understand, especially people who live in the south, you know, especially people who live in Be'er Sheva, in Zderot, Netivot, Ofakim, uh, all those cities, um, they're actually one hour drive from my house. I live in Benebra. This yeah. is one hour drive from my house. So they understand that if, there is, if, it's not going to, if there isn't going to be enough soldiers to protect the Israeli border, the terrorists will just come to your house. Right. You have absolutely... Yeah, continue. <coughs> so now, I, and you know, in the last 10 days, I've seen all over social media, thousands, maybe, I don't know, I don't know numbers of Khoredim um, helping the Israeli army with cooking food for the soldiers, collecting clothes, collecting, you know, soldiers that went to the army on Simchistoyer with nothing, no clothes, no shampoo, no toothpaste, nothing. And um, all those Haredi boys are going around Israel, collecting um, a lot of things for these soldiers and going around to the bases, giving them food, dancing for them, making the music, uh, making concerts and, and, and you know, um, giving them chizek for, for what they're doing. And this is something we've never seen before. You know, Haredi women... Proper Haredi women from Bnei Brak, from Yerushalayim, from Beit Shemesh, cooked food for soldiers, and non Haredi people from Tel Aviv came to pick it up and um, drove down to the south to give it to soldiers. Unbelievable. This, yeah, I've seen videos of it. You know, this is something that never happened before in Israel. And you know what? The Haredi um, society um, understands that... Um, that the Haredi people need to be more involved. Now, the only question is how do we do it with no um, touching the Yeshiva Bokhrim? Because they all agree, you know, even the non-Haredi people want Haredi to come to the Israeli army. They say, you know what? If you will sit and learn in Yeshiva, we're not going to touch you. But there is about 150,000 people registered as Yeshiva Bokhrim. Now, the problem is that many of them are not really Shiva Bokhrim. So what we say is, and many Knesset members from the Haredi parties, I think it was Goldknopf, and I think it was Malkieli, and I think it was some other guy said, and Arbel said, well, if somebody is not really in Yeshiva, he should go to the Israeli army. There's no reason. So w- there will be a change. I don't know how it's going to happen, but um, the Haredi uh, Asconim, are very worried because they don't know what's going to happen. Now, since Gershon Edelstein was Nifter, um, you know, the Litvish uh, community don't really have one uh, um, rabbi, who, one Shishive, who leads the Haredi community. We can see Sheila Lirsch, we can see Rebdov Lando, we can see Rebdov Bergman, we can see some other rabbis, but that taking lead and everything, but there isn't like one rabbi, like we knew Arav Shach, and then we knew Arav Eliashiv, and then we knew Arav Steyman, and then we knew Gershon Edelstein. Now there's about three or four different rabbis, and, you know, and people are confused. You know, when, where we see it? Actually, the, you know, the election. There's supposed to be an election now in Israel, uh, you know, for the, for the councils, from, for mayor of Bnei Brak, Yerushalayim, whatever. So uh, they pushed it for the next, in three months' time. So, um, and you know what? 
No one rabbi of those great rabbis, Moshe Hillel and whatever, Rebdov Lando, none of them said who to vote for. I mean, they did, but everybody, every one of them says different. So people say, okay, so I should listen to this rabbi, I should listen to that rabbi. So when there is a vacuum, you know, when people don't know what to do, things happen itself. And I don't know how the Haredi community are going to cope with the issue of serving the Israeli army after the war, but definitely it will be completely different than what the Haredi people uh, knew till now. Because one reason, because the terrorists came into the Haredi community's house. So now everybody knows it's not a joke. It's not something like far away from us in the Lebanon border. Right. It's in our house. In the backyard. Okay, we were going to leave it at that. I got to tell you, Yankee, you've brought out, uh, you know, the, all the repercussions, all the different dimensions. I was not aware of, I think, a lot of people, and I follow the news pretty closely, but uh, the ripple effect that this is having throughout not just Israeli society, but not, the Haredi. No, I, I, I will tell you why, because you didn't see it, but if you really want, I will send you after the interview. Yeah. I have pictures and videos. I don't think you want to see them from the burned bodies, oh. from... The worst things that they could do, and I'm not going to describe it because I don't want people to have nightmares. And every Jewish, every Haredi family in Israel, don't ask me how, because I don't know, they know exactly what the terrorists did. And he woke up people. So that's why people said they must do differently what they did till now. And um, if anybody knows about it, even didn't see it, just heard about it, he will shock him and and you'll get him out from his position and see how how we can help Israel, um, you know, fight uh, Hamas. Right. Okay. It's really, look, it's a frightening time. It's a time of tragedy. But uh, as you're bringing out, hopefully it's a time of hope and and Achdus and incredible new unity. And, uh, you know, you have an incredible insight, an incredible glimpse, an incredible Brirut, you know, a, a Havana. You really, really understand um, what's happening, I think, with a, with a very, very incredible worldview and perspective, more than most people. And I really appreciate you sharing it with us. And if there's any way that we can help, you know, I wish you just a lot you know, of... I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen so many Americans helping Israel with uh, money, with basically donating a lot of money I don't know. I, I, the way we, I think over a billion, what do you mean? Billions of shekels have been donated by American Jewish people yeah. from all over, you know, from every Jewish people, from every, from all different backgrounds, different communities. Um, obviously, the Jewish people in America are helping us like crazy. And um, it's really warming up to see it. Um, I, I wish they would donate for different reasons, but uh, what could I- you do? And and it's really amazing uh, to see it. Uh, thank you so much for all of you. Uh, let's hope we speak, uh, you know, in better times. Amen. Thank you so much, renowned Haredi journalist and a very special Yiddish and Yankee Farber on the Vin News podcast.